We are live. Welcome to episode 17 of the High Slot Podcast. I'm here today, as always, with the boys, Bob Deuce. How are we? Snipsky. Yes, sir. Our behind-the-scenes guy, Jay Butts. How we doing? And myself, Andrew Coco Curry. We are here today in the studio, not on our normal schedule, but we're here to give you an emergency podcast with the conclusion of the first round uh, Stanley Cup matchups and the start of the second round matchup. So we wanted to give you some up-to-date um, info and have our breakdown analysis on the upcoming series this week. So unless you boys have anything to add, you guys want to just jump right into it? We got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's get right into it, boys. Let's All go. right. Before we do get into some NHL news from the past week, we should have a quick ad from our producer here at Hedge Better Technologies. We are here in the studio today, thanks to our producer, Hedge Better Technologies. The Hedge Better sports betting platform is a revolutionary concept that creates a competitive advantage for every party involved in the sports betting process. They are putting the odds in your hands, cutting out the middleman, and empowering a future generation of sports bettors. This sports betting platform is coming soon in 2023, but if you want to get early access, be sure to go check them out over at www.hedgebetter.com. That's www.hedgebetter.com. All right, boys, why don't we get in some NHL news from the past week before we get into the playoff breakdown. So there's been a couple head coaching changes um, as of late. The Vegas Golden Knights have fired head coach Pete DeBoer after three seasons. In his tenure as the bench boss in the Sin City, Coach DeBoer went 98-50-12, but the Knights failed to make the playoffs this year for the first time in their short franchise history. Bob, I think we got to turn this one over to you, and you can uh, let us know what you think about your guy, Coach DeBoer. Perked up. All right, so people that listen to this podcast, back on the audio before we got this YouTube clipping, I have been all over the Vegas Golden Knights for their decision-making, roster moves, coaching changes, Gerard Gallant. When they, got, when they parted ways with Gerard Gallant with the Vegas Golden Knights, he was the coach that brought them to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season but fell short to the Capitals. Great coach. Now he's a coach for the Rangers, doing big things over there. They canned him for Pete DeBoer, a rival coach of the San Jose Sharks, who had one good, maybe one couple of good seasons. Comes to the Vegas Golden Knights. Kind of just like, I wouldn't say disrupts the team, but what is going on over there in, in, in the desert? He, he says they don't want Flurry. Flurry's not the guy. He is the guy. Robin Lehner's not it. Look me in the eyes right now. Robin Lehner is not the goaltender that Vegas it. needs, you know? <laughs> He's not the guy. He can't stay healthy, can't stay in the crease. Flower's the guy. That's where they went wrong, number two, after the Gallant thing. So... And also, the um, Dadnoff thing was crazy, too. They yeah. try like, to um, trade a guy that had no trade clause, which is can't do it. <laughs> Stupid. And other than the Pete DeBoer firing, guess who's next? Guess who's next on it? Kelly McCrimmon, you're next. <laughs> if, if, if the coming Ve- for you. Coming for you. If Vegas Golden Knights do not have a successful season, which I mean, they're probably conference final or bust after, for next season because they got after. Jack Eichel and everything. They bought in. They got rid of... Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs, and those guys are big, big names too. Like, look, like they weren't big names at the time, but now they're now they're producing for the Sabres. So, Vegas Golden Knights, you got to figure it out. Kelly, Kelly McCrimmon, you you're on thin ice now. For if any Vegas Golden Knights fan out there listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're probably feeling the same exact way I am. I'm not even a Vegas fan. I'm just <laughs> I, I, I literally just analyzing. I'm putting my takes out there. So, Kelly McCrimmon, watch out. I mean, Bob's been all over the Pizza Boy. Um, you know, moves all year. He's got, he's been, he's had him under a microscope. 
And I don't know if the boys had anything to do with Pete DeBoer getting canned or not, but, I mean, we've kind of been saying it all year that, yeah. that he hasn't making the right moves in Vegas. You know that scene in Soy Story when, like, that kid, you know that weird kid that had, like, that was, like, torching all the animals? Is that Sid? Uh, yeah, 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 Sid. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Sid, and, I, and um, Pete DeBoer was the end. I had the magnifying glass burning him <laughs> until it finally cracked. And, again, another take from the for the boys right here, another, another W, so... We got Bob dancing on Pizza Boy's grave <laughs> yeah. over here. Um, I mean, I, I think it's it might be the curse of Marc Andre Fleury for you know giving him up for practically nothing, just letting him walk away. Uh, a tenured goaltender that has gotten them you know to the finals, conference finals, where they need to be, and then they just part ways with them. And as of right now. The Vegas Golden Knights have lost the Jack Eichel trade because oh. Buffalo is thriving right now. And you got a team like Vegas who stacked roster and all, but then you go out and you don't make the playoffs. Like, definitely disappointing year for them. It, there's just so many elements to what they did since Pete DeBoer came in. Like, they got rid of Gerard Gallant. He's turned around the Rangers. The Rangers weren't really a team that was even in the talks. And now they're in the second round play, playing against a good Canes team. So, like, Gerard Gallant should never got should never got canned from there. Pete DeBoer, yeah. I don't know why they even brought him in. I know, I guess he had a couple of good runs with with the Sharks, but, but they, they that, never won anything. Yeah, 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 like they couldn't yeah. even get through the second round with him as the coach. Yeah, and and again, like the flower thing, I can go on, I can go on and on all night about this because it's insane. Like, and. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think, Vinny? I know I've been going on and on, so I, I want to I, I hear. I was what you gonna wanted. let you take the floor, but uh, I had yeah, the floor I was, too I long. Was waiting, I was waiting patiently, but uh, yeah, I'm not that shocked about DeBoer. Like I agreed with Bob when he brought it up prior episodes. Uh, it might honestly like DeBoer getting fired. I don't think that's like the huge issue with like I think like he said McCrennan. McCrennan. Uh, how to say his and name Kelly McCrimmon yeah but like I think it's more of a cop out for his horrible moves upstairs like getting rid of Flurry, trading for Eichel and giving away the farm uh, definitely is not paying off right now you're gonna have to build up that that farm system and yeah I think it's just buying him some time like blaming the coach for McCrimmon and then say if he has a bad year it's it's all done yeah, like, the whole Dadnoff thing, too, is, like, a huge head-scratcher because, like, as a GM, if you know how to do your fucking job, you know what a no-trade clause means you can't trade the person, right? Yeah. Or unless he, yeah, unless he signs off on where he's going. Yeah, but he yeah. didn't even do that. Yeah. So yeah, they, they trade him to a team that he specific, uh, specifically said he would not get, get traded to. So, yeah. like, there's, that's just it, morally unright, you know, unethical. it was, like, L.A. or something. It was, like... Oh, it's Anaheim. Anaheim. They oh, it's Anaheim. Anaheim. Right, right. It was like that's in dead last. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah that's no. an unethical move trying to trade a guy somewhere he doesn't want to be. I mean, firing to coach the boar had to be done. You can't have a roster like Vegas did this year and not yeah. make the playoffs. Like that's just given. But definitely some moves from this Vegas organization that leaves you scratching your head with getting rid of Gerard Gallant a couple years ago, and then now you know Dish and Flurry, and look where they are now. Not in the playoffs. Yeah, Flurry was like golfing. The, That's where they are. Flurry was like the biggest head scratcher, I think. Oh, he, he's not goal. the guy. He's he got not two backup goalies now that are like fringe starters. So. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I would not um, feel good about the Vegas Knights' future if I was a fan of the Knights. I'll tell you that. 
Why don't we talk about another head coach and change this week? So after forming, uh, after firing former head coach Barry Trotz, the Islanders have now promoted associate or former associate head coach Lane Lambert to head coach. He was the interim coach earlier this year when uh, Trotz was out with um, COVID, I believe, and some personal reasons. So he has had some experience coaching this team. Um, what's your boys' thoughts on the move? Coach Lambert now uh, behind the bench in New York. Completely out of, out of left field. Like, I don't even know who that guy was until I saw, Me like, and I, and I did the Google search and everything. I saw he was an associate head coach. I guess he's, like, a product of Barry Trotz. He was, like, yeah. Barry Trotz was his mentor. So I'm assuming he has the same ideology, defense first, defense first, park the bus, neutral zone. So I don't think the Islanders are going to change much when it comes to game no, plan. I don't think so either. Um, coach Lambert was – Barry Trotz's right-hand guy when uh, Trotz was in Nashville and then Washington when they won the Cup and then obviously this year um, in New York. So, yeah, he's been with Trotz for, for years, so I think he's going to adapt that same play style. Um, Trotz, they actually asked him about it. He said he's thrilled that Coach Lambert is the one who ended up getting the job. Um, I thought the the firing was from left field. I don't know why they kind of did yeah. Trotz like that, but I think if you're going to bring someone in, I think this is the right move for them. Um, I The Isles? They kind of got screwed this year, to be honest. They had to play 13 straight road games to start the year, which is an absurd way to begin a season. Yeah, their, their home barn was under road, construction. Which is, I mean, that's just on, you know, management and the organization. You have the home barn ready to go by the yeah. time the, the season comes around. Like, you're just putting the team behind the eight ball, you know, all ready to start the year with those 13 games on the road. They had a pretty bad COVID outbreak earlier in the season when COVID was kind of, you know, around still. Um, and they had to play 45 games in 90 days to end the season. So they were playing like a game every other night. So it definitely didn't set them up for success. I think they still have, you know, the pieces of the puzzle to be a, to be a well-oiled machine again. They were Eastern Conference Finals last year, yep. beat the Bees, and they got the same core. I mean, I don't see why that they're not right back in the mix next year. Snipsky, yeah. what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, uh, I don't like the firing. I think he's a great coach, like – he brought a team to a cup and won it. Like you don't see a lot of those coaches around. Like, cause like since or since then it's been like only like the Lightning and who else won it since. So, uh, usually he uh he asks for his release sometimes. Like he's been bumping around. It seems like he's like a mercenary. Like when he won with the Caps, he's just like, all right, I'm not coaching anymore. And it's like, but uh. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I could see him coaching somewhere. Like, there's a bunch of open, well, openings coming around. Yeah, so. he's going to find a job, yeah, no he, problem. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he just was like, kind of gave his boy a layup and was like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. You want maybe uh, go up to the uh, front office and be like, hey, give this guy Lane a shot, maybe. Yeah, I mean, huge opportunity for Coach Lambert and the yeah, Islanders I mean, next year. I mean, he, he's got a solid team. Yeah, it's not like he's dealing with, you know, a team that's rebuilding from the ground up he, he's got the got the pieces and see what he can do especially got the goaltender too Sorokin looked real yeah Sorokin they, defensively they're pretty solid offensively they could get a little better but I think they'll be fine if he adapts that same play style trots he had right. they're gonna be the same old Islanders team that we've seen for years so in other news the finalists for the Bill Masterson award were announced on Monday and the finalists are Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens Zdeno Chara of the New York Islanders, and Kevin Hayes of the Philadelphia Flyers. The Bill Masterson Award is given out to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. Boys, what's your thoughts about the finalists on the Masterson? Who do you think ends up um, taking home that trophy? Kevin Hayes, 100%. What he had to go through going into the season, 
uh, like losing his brother and all, like tough on everyone, tough on the whole Boston community and obviously especially on him and his family. I, and also he, he battled like a hip injury as well, had some surgery. So he had a lot to deal with and he came back. I'm not too sure how he did like points wise, but I know he he's he's a voice of locker room for that Philadelphia Flyers team and it was good to have him back in the lineup for sure for them. So I I think he's a he's a um shoe in for that hundred percent. Uh yeah, definitely like the Hayes thing hits close to home over here, you know. Uh Dorchester native. Yeah, yeah. I can see I can see that uh, also uh like the side of Carey Price, what he had to like overcome. Like I get I get why he was a finalist, but I definitely go hazy here because that's that's uh, that's stuff that you can't control, you know. But right, yeah. I mean, Big Z, shout out Big Z, forty five years old, still doing his thing. Definitely a um, good recipient of the award potentially. Then yeah, Kevin Hayes, just you know, losing a brother like that mid season, you know, playing. He, I remember his like first game back, he scored and then pointed up to this guy yeah. for Jimmy. Yeah, local guys from uh, Dorche right down the street. So, yeah, that one really does hit home. Carey Price obviously went through a lot, rehab, came back from an injury, dealt with some personal problems. So, yeah, any of these guys could take it home. But being homers, Boston guys, got to give it to Hazy. Oh, absolutely. Hell, yeah. All right, why don't we jump in to a little playoff update because that's what, we're, that's what we're here today, right? So the first round of the 22 Stanley Cup playoffs has concluded, and, boy, did it not disappoint. We had five different series go to a deciding game seven and plenty of action along the way. Just to highlight the boys' playoff series records, Bob in the lead, he went seven and one in the first round predictions. How are we? Myself, not too shabby, six and two. And then we got Jay Butts and Snipsky both at four and four apiece, battling it out for who's going to make the uh, TikTok <laughs> video. Everyone loves a good underdog story. For those, for those OG listeners, we put a little wager on this. Worst record throughout the playoffs is making a, a little TikTok dance video of the, the winners choosing. Uh, money don't jiggle jiggle. It fold. <laughs> Love to see Snipsky doing that dance. <laughs> All right. Um, one series that ended pretty early was the Avs-Preds. I think we kind of already highlighted that. Avs completely dominated that series. 4-0 sweep, made light work of the Preds. They're moving on. One of the, the most exciting series we saw, I think, was the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers. After being down three games to one, the Rangers won three consecutive games to win the series in seven. And the Rangers became the first team in NHL history to come back in three consecutive elimination games in the same series. Might have been the best series we saw. Every game was high scoring, back and forth action. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the, uh, the, the Pens-Rangers series? Was it more of an epic Rangers comeback or a Penguins choke job? There's a lot of people talking about the series saying, oh, yeah, the Rangers are inexperienced, they're young, they don't know how to win in the playoffs. Dude, like what Coco said, they were down three games to one, won three straight games, and won in overtime in game seven. That doesn't sound like an inexperienced team to me. If anything, this is an up-and-coming team that's going to make a deep run in these playoffs. I have them going, losing this next round, but they're going to give the Canes a run for their money, especially with Shesterkin at the way he played. In this game seven, he's going to roll right into there. And I think it's going to be a hell of a series in the second round. But also, there has been there was a little shady call. A little shady no call, actually. Couple. Couple. So, um, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Pens fan, Rangers fan, doesn't matter. That was a hell of a series. Well-fought series. And definitely, the, it's going to be the best one in the whole playoffs, for sure. Uh, it, was a, it was an awesome series to watch. Even though I had the Pens, they didn't come out on top, but... 
I mean, that was just like overtime game seven. It's like, yeah, don't get any better than that. Gonna, <laughs> like, I can't even get mad that like at that. But yeah, I think it all changed when uh when Lindgren got back in the lineup and Crosby got hurt at the end of the season, like where the Pens could have absolutely just like shut them down. Game six could have ended it. It got extended when Lindgren came in, shut him down on the back end, and yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I took the rags for the series, and then when they were down 3-1, I said they were all done. Um, you know, being on the rags, I got to admit, the Pens kind of got screwed. I yeah, think they got screwed yeah. in this. That, and I think it was game six, that call on Rodriguez was one of the weakest calls I've ever seen. And then that changed the whole aspect of that game. Rodriguez gets buried from behind by Lindgren, gets up, Obviously, kind of pissed he, they didn't call a hit from behind, clear as day. Puck squared out to Lindgren, and then he lays him out, clean as day. And they called a rough and penalty on Rodriguez. Rags instantly go on the power play, scored like within 10 seconds. And there was two nothing pens at the time, so changed the whole aspect of the game. Rags ended up coming back and winning that game. I, I think that was a shady call. And then game seven, Bob, I think what you were referring to earlier was uh, when Pens were up one and then the D-man got his helmet ripped off, yeah. which, by the way, is the worst rule in hockey. I don't know yeah. why they made that a rule. If you lose your helmet, you got to go to the bench. Yeah, so when I was uh, watching it live on TV, they I think it was either after the game they were talking, they brought in the rules guy, and they asked him, like, so, like, why wasn't it called a pen or whatever? And then he goes, oh, well, he could have grabbed his helmet and put it back on because it was, like, right next to him. That's that's what they were saying. Yeah, so they said the refs can give you a reasonable amount of time to put your helmet back on and get back yeah. in the play. But apparently, like, Mike Sullivan, the coach of the Pens, and all the other Penguins, even Sidney Crosby, didn't know that rule. They thought, like, if your helmet gets ripped off, you go straight to the bench and then get another guy out there because it's a safety issue. Because I guess, like, in the ECHL, that's, like, like, like I guess they were the first, like, league to actually implement that, and the other leagues picked up on it. But I guess like on the NHL rule book, you can you can put your helmet back on if it's like right next to you and there's a reasonable time to put it back on yeah. for safety issues. Yeah, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. We need more plays like Tory Krug, no bucket flying around, yeah, just, just laying, laying guys out. Yeah. Like that's one of the best oh, yeah. like like scenes in hockey. That was you know, his sequences. first. That was like one of his like first ever NHL games too. <laughs> we need that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was a little shady. Gets his helmet ripped off. That led to a goal to tie the game. And then right. as we know, Rags eventually won it in overtime in Game Seven. So I can't really say that the Pens choked this one. I mean, they had Louis Domingue in that all series, who was their third string goalie, who honestly played decent until the end of that Game Five when he let in oh one of God. the softest goals <laughs> that I've ever seen. I I had the Pens that game, and I saw him let that in. And I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Yeah, literally muffin brutal. on that, and he just blockers it up, yeah, goes up and over. He and like, like handcuffed himself. He, like, he, dude, it couldn't have been like all you had to do was that just kind of brutal. All you had to do was just let that shit hit him in the chest. He like he like punched at it. Awful. He, it was it was like a volleyball set. Like he's set a volleyball. He had played like really well in that series, literally up until then. Sid missed Game Six, being out after that hit. Uh, Rick, uh, Ricard Raquel was hurt almost all series. It, it was tough going for the Pens. They were yeah. shorthanded for sure. Not to take any credit away from the Rags, they did show a lot of resiliency for a young core of guys, and, th and they bounce back when it matters. So, I mean, hats off to the Rags. They, they got it done. Impressive. Yeah, and they helped me out on the bracket, so thank you. Let me tell you this, though. The future of the Pens might be in big-time trouble. They have what's ranked right now the worst farm system in the league. They have, like, no young talent in their minor leagues. Um, and I've heard today 
that the Pens lowballed the hell out of uh, Chris Letang and Malkin on contract for next year, and Crosby is not happy about yeah, it. Yeah, those are his boys. His yeah. boys. That just shows like what the Pens think of the future of this organization. Yeah, that's like um, that's like Marshan and uh, and McAvoy getting lowballed there or something. And Lo- Bergeron, like, what the hell? <laughs> lowballing two staples for that team for the past decade. Sid's pissed. I'm gonna say right now, I think Crosby's gone. I think he's out. I think he's out in Pittsburgh. There's been rumors like all year that he might be going to like the Abs and shit. I think yeah. he's going to Colorado or I, I heard rumors about the Bruins. Boston. Yeah, yeah but let's go. <laughs> let's go. Dude, imagine if he came to the Bruins, that'd be nasty. I heard uh I well, I heard I, not to like poo-poo like the whole rumors, but he's coming. I guess uh we're like in we're fucked like for a cap like Boston like I guess yeah, we'll every figure it out. I guess we got everybody like couple like two three years left and like he'll sign a vet deal no you know, but Berge are your boys no but the it's other thing yeah, I know I know it's just like Berge's gotta get signed too though. but the thing we'll is Av- Avalanche is so like high in that market right now for him because Nate McKinnon works out with yeah. Sidney Crosby they, yeah, li- they pretty much live together too. dude so like it makes Ooh. sense Team Canada, Crosby and Bergeron have always been on the same yep. line. Yeah, Marshy too. Yeah, it's Marshy Bergeron. Dude, that line is like disgusting. There's no it. way oh, you'd have God. to put somebody at second line. So you can't put them all. On one <laughs> That'd line. be per- either way. I. Nah, nah, dude. Static. Bro- nah, dude. The Bruss is the answer at second line center, <laughs> dude. We, we, we'll be good, dude. Shit. We'll be solid. Don't worry. But yeah, the current state of the Pittsburgh Penguins is in shambles, choking that series. Sid, I mean, he's got. He's still. Top tier guy, but he's only got a few years left before he hangs them all up. I'd say so. He, obviously, he wants to get another cup, and it's not going to be with Pittsburgh because they have no future right now. Especially if they're lowballing the hell out of some of their top guys, they have no young talent. I think Sid's out. I'm saying it now. Crosby gone. You're not going to see him in a Penguins jersey next oh, year. Geez. Avs, great fit. I think. Yeah. Because that's a perfect place to go if you want to win a cup. They're loaded. Or Boston. We'll welcome you with open arms, Sid. <laughs> Yeah, and plus we're black and gold, so it's not that big of a change up. Yeah, there is eighty-seven. Man. All yours. Yeah, yeah. 80, eighty-seven's not retired yet. If you want to retire yourself, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I think Pittsburgh's is gonna be some big change this off season. Off season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, let's talk about another series. It was the Washington Capitals and the Florida Panthers. So after a shaky start in that series, the Panthers end up taking care of the Caps four games to two after trailing two to one earlier in the series. This was the first playoff series win for the Panthers since 1996. They led the NHL in the regular season with 29 comeback wins. And we saw the same recipe in this series as well. They rallied from behind in three consecutive games to close out the series and won two of those games in overtime. I mean, they're called the Cardiac Cats for a reason. Boys, what do you think about this series? Impressive from the Panthers or more of a letdown from the Caps? I think it's a little bit of both. Like that, that series was weird. It was like a weird series because the the Panthers do score in bunch in bunches and stuff like that, but it was like mostly just like the Caps were playing like really good defense. Like Ovechkin played pretty well, I, I would say. And I don't know. Like I feel like I feel like it was just kind of the Panthers. Like most of that team has never been in that situation before. They've never been in like first round, like especially being Presidents Trophy winners. That's a lot of it's fucking lot pressure. Of pressure. So I think they they're kind of easing into it, getting their feet wet, and I I think they they should they're good to make a run now. For sure. It was just kind of a weird series for me. What do you think, Vinny? Uh, definitely, like, a bad matchup for the Panthers. A tough draw because the Caps are just, like, not to play defense, like you said. And they can score on opportune times. Like, Florida 
seemed like during the season, it's either they scored a bunch of goals and won the game and out and let up a bunch of goals too and outscored you, or it'd be a tight game and then you know they barely win or like. Yeah, I I just it was weird. Uh, they they got a tough match over the Lightning though. Yeah, that's gonna up. be a hell of a series. Can't wait to watch that one. I mean, early in the series, it looks like it looked like the Capitals were you know taking a stranglehold in that series. We're outplaying the Panthers for those throughout those first three games. But Nick Backstrom said it best. He said that they practically gave that series to the Panthers. I mean, you can't blow leads in three consecutive games yeah. if you're the Capitals against a team like the Panthers. I mean, they they just let them back in it every time. My opinion, I think the Panthers got lucky. If Tom Wilson didn't get hurt in that series, I don't think Panthers make it out of the first round. That was the difference maker. He's the bully. He's the one who's getting in there roughing things up, you know, roughing ruffling people's feathers. So if he didn't get hurt, I think Caps win that series four games to two. But, you know, that's not how it went down. So Yeah, because Tom Wilson brings that tenacity, man. He he brings that nastiness that no one wants to play against. So yeah, not having Tom Wilson in the lineup is is definitely a big um Big deal breaker for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see why you say they're in trouble. Like, that. Like definitely – there's a team that is not that great defensively. That's all it really is. Like, with their weak points defense. Like, the Ekblad's great and Uyghur's good, but, like, everyone else, they're, like, they're, they're not that great. Their goalies are question marks, too. Yeah, yeah, but Barowski is, like, inconsistent for sure. Spencer but. Knights, he's a young guy. I don't know if he's going to be able to, like, step up when it gets tough. The nipples survived the first round, the boys. Spots <laughs> nipples survived the first round. We'll I'm telling you, not for long, Butts. Not for long. Yeah, bad, the Battle of Florida might say otherwise. We'll yeah. see. We'll see, boys. So one of the most surprising results of the first round was probably the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames series. That went to Game 7, but the Flames avoided a major upset winning Game 7 in overtime. Boys, what are your thoughts on that series? I really don't think anyone saw that going Game 7. I had that going at least five Calgary's way. But like I said in the last, the last show, last podcast, that like both these – both these um, coaches, same exact schematic, same exact systems, defense first, just capitalizing your opportunities. And Jake Ottinger, what the fuck was that? Jesus. That would, dude, that was like inhumane what he did last night. The saves he was making was incredible. They should have like that game should have been seven two Flames, yeah. like just like warm the buses, like like. The Stars had no business winning that game, no. even being in overtime with, a, a, with that. Zero, yeah. It was – Flames had, what, like 60 shots on net and 120 shot attempts. And they only had two goals. That was well, three goals. No, three goals. It was three to two. But, dude, like, that was nuts. Nuts. What do you think, Vinny? Uh, yeah, it looked like the Flames had some, like, first-round yips. Like, A little bit. They yeah, I think there, so. Like, they, they had everything going. They just couldn't bury. Uh, I mean, Ottinger played unbelievable. It was, like – 40 shots by halfway through the second last night. But, uh, yeah, no, it was just a weird series. I, like, I picked, like, the Flames to sweep them. Like, and and then that happens. I'm like, all right, like, I had no read on this series at all. I mean, I thought it was going to be tough, but I didn't think it was going to be that tough for the Calgary Flames. My pick to win the Cup. That, was, know, that must have been a sweat. Riding, oh, my God. I was like, my pick to win the Cup can't lose first round. Yo, dude, do you embarrassing. See, do you see how frustrated Johnny Ham and Cheese was? Johnny Goudreau last yeah, night? He dude, he, he should have had, like, five goals last night. And finally, like, he, he got the last laugh. He buried the game winner. That was a snipe, by the way. But, dude, Jake Andre was just on God mode last night. He's going he's gonna to be the face of that franchise now because, like, he just – that was his coming out party. That that's a guy you can lean yeah. on. That's a guy you can fucking lean on, especially in the big games. He showed he, that he can. That he shows up for the big time. So, yeah. I mean, all I gotta say is Jake Ottinger. 
This guy, he was the entire team for Dallas the whole series. He was the best player in the series, hands down. And he was playing against a Vesna Trophy finalist on the other end of the ice. Exactly. Completely outplayed him, which yep. Markstrom played great too. But Yeah, he didn't play bad any, by any means. But, I mean, yeah. the way Jake Ottinger played, I mean, that was absurd. 64 saves in Game 7? Nuts. 9-5-4 save percentage that series. I mean, he was playing... Out of this world. I've never seen anything like that. 23-year-old kid making his first playoff appearance. That was absurd. I'm not worried for the Flames because without Ottinger, that wouldn't have been a series. They played well. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of nerves, you know, a little bit of rust. They just couldn't buy a goal, snake bitten a little bit. Um, but I think Flames, now that they got out of the first round, similar to the Panthers, they're going to be in cruise control now. Yeah. And boy, am I going to miss seeing those Tatas behind the bench in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> those are something else. Dude, get the boys fired up. That's get like, the I, boys fired up. The only reason up. I was tuning into those games at like 11 o'clock at night, I'm like, oh, I got to check this out. I went, <laughs> dude, I remember when I first saw them, I texted everyone. I was like, yo, I'm dialed in right now. Like, you, you, you guys got to watch the Stars game. I'm like, Every time Rick Bonus came on the screen, I'm like, oh, you got to pay attention. <laughs> Just to see the balloon. Never, never saw his face once. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, dude. Imagine just being Rick Bonus in that situation, dude. You just like you just know there's a girl with absolute bazookas behind you, <laughs> and, you and you can't and you have to just like be like dead straight watching the. Oh, that, 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 that must have been so hard, the coach, dude. Oh man, so I'm surprised she, the Stars didn't lose in four. I know, dude. <laughs> How can you focus with that going on? <laughs> How can I putt with this going on? <laughs> All right, why don't we rip the bandaid off and talk about the Carolina Boston series? Canes won the series in seven, as we all know. I saw it coming. You know, Bruins just couldn't win on the road, plain and simple. What are your boys' thoughts on that series? Exactly what you said. Hit it right on the head. Just couldn't win on the road. And Carolina, I just knew they were just like the better team, bigger, stronger, yeah. everything. So it's not really. It wasn't really a surprise. I took them in the bracket. I honestly, I took it. And I like, felt bad because obviously I wanted the bees to win, but I just I just knew. But we like we made a really good um good case for ourselves in the series. We showed that we that we can hang around with one of the best teams in the league, maybe a future Stanley Cup champion, and uh, and you know maybe next year we we make some tweaks in the off season, whatever. Like hope, but we'll see. What's up, Vinny? Yeah, I mean it, it's tough. Uh, it would have been nice of them to get a road win. If they get a road win, they win that series. But uh, they just couldn't score. They couldn't get on top first. You know, like yeah, they, they, they couldn't I, bury first. They didn't score first in any of the yeah. seven games, which yeah. is like ridiculous. I mean, they when they they didn't play bad from behind some games, but there was just games where it was just like five to two, like start of the third. It's like oh, see you later. From what our decor was, we played that series pretty good. You got Lindholm that got knocked out. You got Grizzly that can't play hockey. McAvoy, that Mac bogus COVID. Yeah, bogus COVID. Positive COVID test is a joke. Yeah, he was out for a day. We won a game without Lindholm and McAvoy in the lineup, which is nuts. So, like, yeah, that's something to hang your hat on. Mike Riley looked pretty good. And also, we signed um, Saboro, too, for two years. That's my boy right there. Saboro's my boy. Grizzly, like, pack your shit. Yeah, yeah it's not, like, See you later. that's his arm replacement right there, Saboro. That yeah. was quick, like two days after. I know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, wasted no time. <laughs> Canes, they're a great team. Um, you know, they were the better team in this series. Hats off to them. I hope they go out and win the cup now, honestly. I'm a Caniac um, right it, now. It, it's always, you know, when you lose to, like, the eventual champion, it's always like, all right, you know, we lost to the best. Exactly. So I hope the Canes go out and win the cup. Great team. It was a battle, all seven games. Anti-Ranta 
answered the bell for the Canes. Yeah. He played unbelievable in Game 7. And not going to lie, not even being a homer, Bruins honestly outplayed the Canes in almost every game, I thought. They just got timely scoring. It was the Canes, and we, you know, we couldn't bury at times, and we let up like a, you know, a defensive breakdown here and there. But Ranta stood on his head. He made the saves when it mattered. Tony D'Angelo, <laughs> want to clear the air on him. A lot of people are upset with what I had to say about him. He's a great hockey player, unbelievable hockey player. Just a shitty person, and that's there's no denying that. Um, but he killed us all series long. I know everyone was riled up on TikTok about uh, my Tony <laughs> D'Angelo take there. My head but, was spinning from reading the comments. If you spinning. watched the full episode, I immediately said after, I said, great hockey player, right? Just a shitty person. Yeah. And that's, that's a fact. How about before you guys say some stupid shit that doesn't make any sense on our comments, how about you tune into our podcast yeah, before right? you make any tune assumptions? the full epi. Yeah. You can't just have half the take. So, come on. Grow yeah, up. Kane's played a great series. Now my question for you guys, what changes need to be made for this Bruins team going forward? So, obviously, we need a second-line center. We need, we need a, we, we need a solidified. number one, top that, of the list. And that's Sidney Crosby. How are we? Uh, well, we, let's hope that it actually happens. But, <laughs> but in reality, we need a, a second-line center. And we also – I know we signed Sabora for a two-year, but we also need, like, another, like, another stay-at-home meaty defenseman. We need another one of those. But maybe that guy White, um, that's his last name, right? White, the uh, the guy that we got from uh, Brown. Oh, Brown. Here we go. <laughs> there you go. Color. Complete opposite. There you go. There you go. Um, my my first fucking fuck up on the pod. Hopefully that's the only one. <laughs> that dude's a unit. Yeah, I know. He's a, yeah. So maybe he might be the answer. But like when he played, I guess he played all right. But he didn't uh, play big minutes. Yeah, he, he didn't play was big fine minutes. Fine when he was out there. Yeah, he looked okay. From what I saw, he wasn't really up there fumble fucking the puck. But. Uh, yeah, like th- those are my two things I think we really need. Obviously, like everyone knows we need a second line center, and I think we just need like one more like needy like stay at home defenseman. That's because I think obviously the goaltending's fine. Snipsky, what's your thoughts? What are the bees? Yeah, need? yeah, definitely need some like for like definitely second line forwards, third line scoring. Uh, I mean, I wish they went and got Andrew Cop at the deadline, they'd probably be all set, but uh, yeah, then the D, I the D's. Like, when you got Lindholm and McAvoy there, like, you're pretty solid, but, like, it's the, sec- it's the second pair. Like, you could probably get Car- keep Carlo and get, like, somebody that he- – he's, like, the, uh, the wingman on that line. You got to get, like, some really sturdy defenseman. Like, I wish they never got rid of Troy Krug, but, yeah, that's a, that's a different story. I think you blow up that decor. McAvoy, Lindholm, everyone else, they're they're safe. Everyone else, you blow up that decoy. Yeah. Everyone else should be gone. Bye-bye, Grizzlick. He's brutal. The Zaboral extension probably proves that. I think they're yeah. going to get rid of him. Callahan? Is he an yeah. answer? Yeah, yeah, Up yeah. from probably he'll, he'll our guy? Look. He'll get a look. He, why not? He's got to be better than what we have. I think we should keep Mike Riley, too, because he played pretty well in that series with the, against the Canes. He, he didn't play bad. He was a kind of a liability in the regular season, but he proved himself differently in the playoffs. He so elevated like if he his can play. Keep that up. Yeah. Um. I think, like you guys said, not even just a second line center, even a top line center. You can get someone better than Bergey. That's even that's wonderful, right? Yeah. But we need a you know elite center, right? That can play on your top one or two lines. We need another big body defenseman, someone who can really beef up that back end because we got a lot of just puck moving skill guys. No, no big bodies. Lindholm was a big one, but like I want someone in there like you know, like a, a Darth Quader back in the day. Like yeah. not the most skilled guy, but he'll punch you right in the mouth if you come yeah, near exactly. net. And another thing too, not just talking about players getting replaced and everything. We need a new GM. Ton. 
Yeah, Don Sweeney, like, he put us in this tough, tough situation. We have really no one in the farm system except for that dude, Lizell, that Vinny is bricked yeah, up Fabian about. Fabian Lizell, please oh, help yeah. us. We, yeah. need, we need offensive Hell, fire. Because, uh, because other than, like, that dude, Lizell, secondary scoring. we don't really have, like, because we're ranked pretty bad uh, in our farm system. Well, too. 30th or 31st Speaking of Lizell, I, I actually saw a video this morning of him uh, in the WHL game playing for the Vancouver Giants. And some do, like, he, like, it's an overtime. No, they pull the goalie, and he, like, has the puck at the top of the blue line, loses an edge, and, like, the guy goes in on a breakaway empty net, and they end up losing. He throws his stick, like, 50 feet down the ice, hits the guy. Lysalda? Yeah, and then the Jesus. guy and then the guy buries, and then he chases the guy all the way down, tries to dominate him and fight. This guy sounds like a nut, yeah, dude. He's, like, swinging at, like, dude. everyone in, his, in the way. Yeah, yeah, like, he won't leave, <laughs> like, like, no refs well holding them back. Like, he's just legit, and this guy's... Wait great. a minute. Do we have an, do we have a Tony D'Angelo on our hands? <laughs> Yo, we might have a D'Angelo 2.0. The Swedish. 2. The Swedish he's not a Marshawn. <laughs> but uh, I guess he's absolutely ripping it up, like, yeah, in, the, in the uh, W uh, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it looks like his stats, like he's tearing it up down there. So, Fabian Lizell, a message to you. Please help us. We need secondary scoring next year. I think we also need a power forward up front. We need like a Milan Lucic or like a Nathan Horton. Again, someone's going to go in the corner, bang bodies, grind for you. Someone can play in those top two lines, give our skilled guys a little more protection. Well, that was supposed to be Craig Smith, but he was yeah. – all. don't get me wrong. He had an incredible regular season by from his standards, but – he was just a ghost in the playoffs. He got benched. Show up. Dude, and, like, people were like, oh, he's hurt. And then someone cleared the air today on Twitter was like, yeah, um, Craig Smith, uh, I just talked to him. He was completely healthy. Like, there was a reporter for Boston. <laughs> was like, stunk. Yeah, yeah, he was like, yeah, he said he was completely healthy. No excuse, healthy. just stunk it's, all it's series. It's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, dude, you had an unbelievable regular season on that third line, the blue-collar line. Blue-collar line, that means you work your ass off. You bring your lunch bell and hard hat, but apparently you didn't bring it to the playoffs. I know there's been rumors, too, about Bergey. Is he staying? Is he going? Kind of shot down those rumors today. In an interview, he said he's, he's not going to Montreal. There's a lot of ties to Montreal, hometown, which are rumors. Because, by the way, he grew up a Nordiques fan, yeah. not even a Canadians fan. So everyone's saying he's going to Montreal. He's kind of talking out of their ass. I don't think he leaves the Bruins. If anything, I just think he hangs them up. No, he said he would, like, um, another reporter, too, I saw, Broke that he said no. Like he was like, do you do you think you're gonna go anywhere other than Boston? Yeah. And he goes no. I think if anything, he might just hang him up. He might call him quits. He's been in the league for what twenty yeah, years. He doesn't need a cup chase. He already He's has one. one. Here. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he'd like another. Yeah. But I mean, he had what three kicks at the can. Well, we're not in the position at all. If anything, if we if we're gonna win a Stanley Cup, it's probably be a couple of years down the road now. I mean, he's probably gonna sit down with Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, whoever it is, and say, hey, you know, sway me. What what's the What's the future of this team looking like? Are we going to be contenders or pretenders next year? And that's going to determine, I think, whether Bergey stays or if he's like, you know what, I, I've, I've had a good run. <laughs> I've been taking a beat. And he still is like a black miles. eye, dude. Like, I, like, I have to, like, he's playing with punctured lungs last year. Like, guy's taking an absolute beating. He almost lost he's an eye. He's accomplished enough, dude. Gold medalist. He's done it all. Like, he doesn't need to accomplish anymore. So he's probably going to have a sit down with the Bruins organization and say, you know, what can you guys do for me? Are we going we gonna to have another shot next year? Are we going to make another run? If not, then I'm going to go hang out and enjoy the retired life and go play 18 every day. I, I, I don't blame him. I really hope Cam New is a good salesman because I want to see yeah. Bergey. You, know, um, you got to pitch him. I want to see him in a Bruins jersey again next year. Or even, like, give him, like, a job in the management for the Bruins. Maybe help out, make some decisions. Fuck, make him GM. 
We need to know one. Might as well just put him <laughs> yeah, on there. He just goes in and talks to Don, and then uh, Cam's just like, Don, it's time to go. <laughs> he, he kisses the <laughs> yes. ring. He, he kisses the ring. And then Patrice just sits in his chair, and he just puts his feet up. Time to take you to the nursing guy. home, old man. <laughs> <laughs> How many times do you have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> oh, <No> shit. <laughs> All right. Why don't we move on? We'll talk about the Toronto-Tampa Bay series. Tampa Bay won in Game 7. I mean, did I say it or did I say it? Leafs fans, you should have just listened to me and not got your hopes up. I mean, I, I, I told you guys, you're not winning shit. We've seen this year after year. I don't know why every year you guys think it's your year. It's the Leafs' year. We're winning the Cup. You win one big game and you think you're winning the Cup. Get out of the first round first. Like, come on. Dude, Leafs fans... <sighs> I couldn't even fathom being a Leafs fan. I feel bad. Dude, like, I don't feel bad one <laughs> fucking bit. Dude, like, the way they, like, care themselves as a fan base and shit and, like, everything. Like, they talk, they talk so much shit for a franchise that has not won a Stanley Cup since, like, the 60s and hasn't got out of the first round since 2004. Like, there's so many other, like, franchises that have the right to, to talk. We can talk because we just won a Stanley Cup, like, what, like, 10 years ago? And we... And we Oh, yeah, we got first round exited, but, like, we've made out of the first round, like, for the past, like, 10 years. So, I don't know, man. Like, I don't feel bad one bit. I was laughing my ass off watching that game. <laughs> I was I, I was, I was selling. Was it, it was a great way to, like, cancel out a Bruins loss. It was. It was it the was perfect way. perfect, dude. It was so therapeutic. Yeah, so therapeutic. It made up for the bees losing in every which way possible. Rinse, repeat. <laughs> rinse, repeat. Snipsky, what do you oh, think? They, they got rinsed. All right, I'll tell you. Uh... No, I lo- I loved it. I mean, why like Bruins fans like the Leafs are the are the woke. So, yeah, it was great. I mean, I was all on Tampa. I had Tampa go in the second round anyway, and the Leafs in a game seven, absolute joke. Uh, yeah, and all done. It's good to see it. Yeah, suicide hotline was blowing up in Toronto on Saturday. Oh, oh yeah, and like when yes, please hold. Yeah, when you're watching, like, the game, and then they show, like, the outside of, like, the Maple Leafs arena, and they show the fans in there. It's so funny to see, like, half hour in between. It's like they're, like, cheering, like, and then they're losing. It's just, like, the funniest thing. They look on their faces. I will say this, though. To be honest, the Leafs were the better team that series, and I think that's what has to cut deep for the Leafs fans. You guys were the better team for the entire series. Game six, Tampa got lucky. I mean, the Leafs were all over him, just couldn't bury a goal. And then game seven, welcome to the Nick Paul show. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, unsung hero, Nick Paul, buries who? two goals. Yeah, I was like, who the hell is Nick Paul, dude? Dude, Max Domi and Nick Paul, just like two players. I mean, Nick Paul does have promise. That he, I mean, he was stuck on a Senators team and he got traded, yeah. so he does have promise. Max Domi was bouncing around in the league and, and everything. Nolan Green, I know you're listening right now. Totally. Nolan Green, my neighbor. I know you reached out to a couple people saying that I said Max Domi sucked. I might have said that off record, but I'm putting on the record now. Let's say I did say it. Everyone has a good game, Noli. You know this. You grew up playing hockey. You know how it is. He had a good game. That's all I got to leave it It's always at. the guys you least expect who show up in the big games. I mean, everyone knows that. You know, it yeah. could have been anyone. Could have been anyone. Um but yeah, the Leafs were the better team. Vassy stood on his head in game six and seven. I, that like last like, what, five minutes of the Leafs game in game seven, my heart was like pounding through my chest, dude, because the Leafs were just peppering Vassy uh, with shots and he's just turning away every yeah. shot. So even I'm just like, holy shit, dude, how many shots can this guy turn away? Vasilevsky is unbelievable. He's, he's, he's really like Hall of Fame bound. 
Yeah, his oh, playoff yeah. stats. Dude, it's literally insane. insane. He has two cups, back to back cups, and he just like what is he sixteen and zero on back to back losses, like whatever, and like seventeen and zero, seventeen and zero now. And dude, he he just he pretty much owned the Leafs in that game six and seven. He just literally was like, "You're not beating me." Like, I don't care that you guys haven't gone in the first round. I'm not giving this shit It's to you. nuts, dude. They, like, zoom in on him, and you can just see it in his eyes, dude. His eyes are just wide open, just, like, locked in, like, laser-focused, like, looking around. You can just tell, like, up oh, fast, he's locked in. He's not letting one up. He's, he's a Russian Terminator. Yeah, it's the gas. <laughs> Took his Adderall before. Oh, dude, he's on tons of Addy. He got all How many milligrams? <laughs> but, you know, this is what it comes down to, though. The Leafs just aren't clutch. They got no clutch, no clutch guys on that team. Matthews, great regular season, right? But where are all the big guns in the playoffs? Where are they? They don't show up every time. When it matters, ghost mode. You know, that, that's really what it comes down to. You can't blame Jack Campbell. He played really well. And it's just someone's got to step up for the Leafs. I really don't see how you can go up from here if you're the Leafs either. You can't just blow up this roster, can you? No. If I any, mean, if anything, you do small little tweaks with the roster, get away, get rid of like the weak links that you really don't need, and try to beef up a little bit more. And I, I keep the coaching stuff. I think Sheldon Keith's a good coach. I think he, obviously, like they were the better team, so obviously he coached. He coached them well. I think, but the GM, I don't know about how Dubis is or whatever. A lot of people are saying keep Dubis, fire Dubis. It's kind of mixed um, feelings that I'm seeing. But I, what I, from what I saw what you see on the TV and everything. I think Sheldon Keith is the coach. I think he's the coach they need to keep. I think he like he's well he he um gets to the players well. I think he's like a sl- player coach slash like he's stern and fair as well. And yeah, if anything Jack Campbell played well, like goaltending's good. It's just they just need like the guys they pay like what 10 mil a year to actually step yeah, up and like, win them a fucking series. Like, where are your superstars? You know, that's what that's what really it comes down it's to. It's so frustrating I mean, to watch that they're fighting each other like the fans. They're yeah. beating each other up, dude. That's how ridiculous this it's is getting. Insane. That video is nuts. I mean, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, you're killing your city, dude. You're killing your city. I mean, this is what the Leafs do every year, though. They This happens to them, and then they go full panic mode. So maybe you do blow up the roster if you're the Leafs, because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting to get the same result, and that's what the Leafs have done for, what, 19 years now? Yeah. So, I mean... But personally, I don't think they're ever going to get over the hump. I mean, they have everything you could possibly ask for, for a you know successful team, and they still can't get out of the first round. I feel bad for Leafs fans. I truly do. They're a miserable franchise, a bunch of miserable pricks. Who ain't going to win shit? It's hilarious. <laughs> so funny. So bye-bye, Leafs. Made up for that Bruins loss tenfold. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was huge. Uh, another series we'll highlight was the Minnesota-St. Louis series. Blues won that series four games to two. Personally, what I really think it came down to is that the Blues just had too much depth for the Wild. Wild couldn't keep up with the Blues' depth. Um, what do you guys think about that series? I really, honestly didn't catch too many of those games. Well, I mostly think the Wild had the better team on on, the, on paper. But the one person – well, actually, there was two people – Ryan Harmon didn't have that great of a series. I think he chipped chipped in a couple or whatever, like produced a little bit. But the one person that I have beef with is Kevin Fiala. You had like, what do you have? Like 23 points in 10 games in the regular yeah, season. Was, yeah. And he goes in and just drops a goose egg. And he's one of the best players in the league, hands down, when it comes to scoring. And Kirill Kaprizov, he can't do everything. No. He was the whole team, the whole playoffs. That was the Kirill show for yeah. the whole series. And, like, that's not how you win the playoff series. And Flurry didn't have the, the best playoff. But, like, 
I mean, the, the Blues beat them up and down the ice. They were the most more physical team. Like you said, they're the most deep team because, they, like, they actually had people that were contributing. And, yeah, that, that's that's all I got from that series because that was the one series I got wrong. And it, it gets me mad because I, I thought Minnesota – I thought it was a year to make a run. Yeah, Blues, classic Blues with their suffocating D. Uh, they really, like, don't stop. They don't give up, seems like, when they're – They're relentless. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't they don't take shifts off. Uh, they have Benny – they. They have Benny in there caught fire a little Playoff bit. Benny back? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they got a good backup, too, the kid Huso. Like, yeah, they got a good one-two punch. Yeah, they they look complete to me. I have them going the cup. Uh, maybe, that's I mean, nuts. that'd be wild. <laughs> yeah. They got the avalanche right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, you know, Colorado, I said it last part, I don't like teams sitting around at the yeah. sweeping because it's, it's too tough and, the guys that are playing like six, seven games, the teams are all warmed yeah. up, ready to go. So, yeah, I think St. Louis is going to come in hot. Like Colorado, when's the last time they got past the second round? Yeah. So it's been a while. So yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, like like I said last pod, Minnesota poverty franchise. I've been there. It smells like fucking welfare checks and unemployment. I'm telling you, go go see for yourself. All right, the last um, series matchup in the first round was our final and fifth game seven. It was the Edmonton Oilers and the L.A. Kings. Oilers pulled it off in seven. It was a great effort by the Kings. They were written off by almost everyone. I don't think anyone expected them to take this series to seven. Um, But McDavid wasn't going to let them lose another first-round series. I mean, he was playing like a man possessed out there. 14 points this series. He just said, you know, put the team on my back. Come on, boys, hop on. I'll, I'll take care of the rest. I got us. Yeah, he he's the number one player in the world for a reason. He can do stuff like that. He can put the team on his back. He can single-handedly win games. And that's what it came down to in that game seven. Um, last episode, I was literally apologizing for taking the Oilers because I thought they were dead in the fucking water going down 3-2 to, to L.A. But like Coco said, McDavid just put the team on his back. Dreisaitl also had some big, some big points, some big contributors. Mike Smith actually... Play, played play, decent. Yeah. yeah, he played pretty good. He like he played well enough to to pull off a win, and yeah, like I'm I'm just happy the Oilers the Oilers even got out of that series. That's what the Leafs superstars need to do is what McDavid did. Just said fuck it, I'm doing it myself. I'm taking over. I'm getting it done. That's a leader. That's that's what a leader does. I know McDavid's the best player on the planet, so it's probably a little bit easier for him to do something like that than some other guys. But I mean, Matthews ain't far off from McDavid. Evander yeah. Kane helped immensely as well. And did I not say it? Four or five months ago when they first signed Evander Kane, I said, watch this guy go out and score 20-something goals for the Oilers this year. And he scored like 25 and seven in the first round. Seven goals this series. Got to pay off those the best selling in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. Got to pay off those gambling debts somehow. Yeah, I told them, you know, go out to Edmonton and just keep him away from the casinos. Keep him away from the roulette and blackjack tables and he'll be just fine. And that's exactly what he did. McDavid probably had him on a tight leash. He's like, I'm not letting you out of my sight, bud. And then he goes out, and he, he's a stud now. I, I had the Kings in this series. Not too upset about it. Kings had it. But when they lost that game six at home, I, I knew they were all done. I was like, you had a chance to finish this team off, and you didn't at home. And I knew it was over. I was like, Oilers aren't losing it in seven at home. No shot. And another side note for that series, too. I mean, I picked Oilers. I wanted to win. But deep in my heart, like I wouldn't have mind the Kings win because – now um, a, a really good um, hockey player, Dustin Brown, is hanging oh, him up, hanging him up, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, what do you think, Vinny? Yeah, uh, it was 
I, I picked the Kings too. Uh, I thought it was going to, like, I honestly kind of predicted it would be kind of like this, but I thought the Kings were going to come in game seven and, like, ball him. But, I mean, you know, they don't have really immense goal scoring on the Kings, like, uh, like obviously the Oilers do. So, I, like, fell asleep on the couch. I woke up, it was 2 nothing. I was, like, dead on the couch. And then I was like, oh, I was like, damn it. <laughs> oh, is that the night you were, like, in yeah, fetal position? Yeah. Dude, he like, it was his birthday weekend, dude. He like couldn't he Happy couldn't keep birthday, Snipsky. Oh. Yeah, big big birthday uh for Vinny. Yeah. So like, dude, we we were uh, we were at Farnham's house just hanging out, and I, I like watch. Well, I like I show up later. I was coaching all day with Farnham, and then uh he's like, "Oh, come through the crib." I'm like, "All right." I come in. Vinny's just like, "Yo, what's up, dude?" And he, like he can barely keep his, his eyes open. <laughs> dude, his eyes weren't even open. And then he went, then he went home, and I like met up with him after, and he was like fetal position on the couch. It was <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, All right, so that, that does it for our first round. Hell of a first round. Couldn't have been more entertaining. Five game sevens was ridiculous. This weekend was unreal. Literally glued to my couch watching all those game sevens. So can't really, I don't know how we're going to top that going forward. Um, but before we get into our second round matchups and breakdown, we just have a quick ad from our guys over at Addie's Barbershop. So as we head into the weekend, I think it's important to remind our listeners to head over to Addie's Barbershop located in Quincy or Stoughton, Mass. Go see our guy Linsky and the other certified master barbers who are able to do all different types of hairstyles and haircuts. They've serviced many different types of hair textures and there's nothing they cannot do when it comes to barbering. To avoid those long waits in line, go book your appointment now at www.addiesbarbershop.com. Go to Addie's Barbershop today and our guy Linsky will have you looking right and looking tight. All right, so with the first round concluded, why don't we dive in to our second round matchups give a little breakdown, and give our predictions on these series. So let, let's start off with the Battle of Florida. Tampa versus the Panthers, East Coast, West Coast. They split the regular season series 2-2. Two to two. They also met last year in the playoffs, and Tampa won the series four games to two. So will Tampa be victorious again, or do the Panthers get revenge? My my prediction in my bracket is um Tampa. I think t- I think it's gonna be Tampa in six or seven, and it's I think it's gonna be a little bit similar to the to the Rangers and Penguins series. It, it's just gonna be a dogfight. Every game's probably gonna go like late third period, maybe overtime. And these are two electric teams. Like Tampa was looking to three P, and Florida Florida has the Presidents Trophy, and they're trying to cap off like one of the best seasons in history. So yeah, it's gonna be a hell of a game and uh, battle of Florida, dude. Can't get any better. What do you think, Vinny? Yeah, there's going to be a 1,000 goals scored in this series. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Lightning. Just, uh, they got the Vasilevsky in goal. And like we were talking about earlier, just an absolute Hall of Fame stud. And that, I don't see them bouncing out that early, maybe next one. But, yeah, I, Lightning, I, I, I preached the whole experience thing, and this is this is where it really comes in, I think. Panthers are going to have to play very well defensively, and I don't know if that's going to be able to happen. One deciding factor, though, could be the Braden Point injury is huge. Yeah. His status is unclear if he's even going to play in this series. I mean, he pretzeled his leg along the board in, in Game 7, and it looked pretty gruesome. He really couldn't put any weight on it. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see if we're even going to see Braden Point. He leads all NHLers since 2018 with 38 playoff goals. So he, he's big time in the playoffs. I think that's going to be a big loss to Tampa. But I got to go with Tampa Bay. The back-to-back champs for a reason. I think they're going to find a way to get it done, even without point. 
goaltending advantage, you got to give it to the Lightning. Vassy, 17-0 coming off a loss. Guy's an animal. That could be the deciding factor. And Tampa shelled Bobrovsky last year in their playoffs. He only played, like, the first two games. Then they had to go to their backup. Then they even went to, like, Spencer Knight in game six. Like, they were a mess last year in net. So I think that's got to be in the back of his head rolling into this series. Bobrovsky definitely remembers last year. Could be a little nerves heading into the series. I mean, Tampa still hasn't lost back-to-back games in the playoffs, and if they continue that trend, then there's no way they lose this series. That's a, that's a winning recipe. That's, if, yeah. if you can bounce back after a playoff loss, you're, you're probably going to win your playoff series probably like 9 out of 10. I got Bolts in 7. Okay. I think it's going to be tight. Yeah, Bolts I, in 7. I'd say 6 or 7, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good take. The brain point injury scares me, but I, I think they can still get it done without him, which is crazy to say because – the Florida's is loaded too, but if he comes back, I think that's huge. Butts, but we know who you're going. Butts with. is fucked. Like like you said about last year, I think I think Bobrovsky's gonna be on a fucking revenge tour. I think he's gonna stand Bobby? on his head, go go for the under on goals in every single Lightning game. Book it. <laughs> Butts is going with his nips pick. He put the nipples on the line. The Panthers going to the cup. This is gonna be the biggest test yet for them. They got to get by the the back to back champs. Book it. Putz is confident. He's fading the boys. All right, why don't we hop in the next series? We got the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. Avs won this regular season series 2-1, to one, and they swept the Blues last year in the first round when they met. Four games to nothing. Wasn't much of a series. Boys, what do we think? Blues and Avs? I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be really close. Bennington has looked like he can, he can go um, toe-to-toe with Darcy Kemper. And it's just gonna come. It's just gonna come down to just. I think it's gonna come down to goaltending. Like I just said, like I think those those are gonna be the deciding factors there. Uh, Darcy um, Kemper had like that eye thing that happened in the first round. So if he's fully healthy, which I hope he is, he had like they have like two weeks off after absolutely dismantling the Predators. But yeah, that's gonna be a tough one. I'd probably say six games Avalanche. All right. Yeah. Uh... I think it's gonna be a huge if they if Avalanche can get by the Blues, they I think they're gonna to go to the Cup, probably win it. Uh, but the Blues, it's I'm taking the Blues. I I said it earlier. I I got them going the Cup. I think this is where the Avalanche they gotta show they got balls and that they can get by a team as physical as the Blues and as like uh, structured defensively because it's not gonna be no cakewalk in the defensive zone. Uh, Benny's hot. Their goaltender is like is uh French French Schwell? is that no that's a backup no right? Kemper yeah Kemper yeah Kemper is he like good to go yeah. he's good to go yeah yeah, yeah. No, they dude, said he's ready they had he's a month fine. they had he's a month fine. off they're good <laughs> <Literally>. yeah that's <laughs> true but yeah that's who I'm going with I mean I think if there is a team that can beat the Abs in this playoffs it is the St Louis Blues they have that recipe they have the depth advantage that could swing this series they don't have the same like top talent like their top lines aren't like toe-to-toe, but when you look at like their third line, like the Cairo, Barbashev, Shens, those are the lines that can make a difference in this series, and that's where I think Colorado doesn't have as much as depth, and I think that's where you give the advantage to the Blues there. Um, the Blues had a league high, nine players who scored at least 20 goals in the regular season, so they they spread the wealth on that team. It's not like they're relying on you know a couple guys to put the puck in the back of the net. They got nine different guys who can do so. And if playoff Binner is back, I don't know, man. I think the Blues are going to make this a series. But 
I just can't pick against Colorado. The way that Kale McCarr has been playing, that kid's playing out of his absolute mind. I think he is the difference maker in this series. He's on another level right now. Blue's going to put up a hell of a fight. This is going to be a dog fight. I got abs in seven. And also, the abs are just due, bro. I think they're just. Because, I think they're due to get over the hump because their team, the their team is literally the same caliber as the Lightning were when they went on those um, back-to-back Stanley Cup runs, and they're, they're like in the same, literally the same thing. History repeats itself. So I think they're going to get over the hump in the second round, and they're going to go into the conference finals. Betting this series though, Abs won the four straight, and they've had you know good amount of time off. I think that could put them at a disadvantage early. So expect a slow start. From Colorado to start the series. I think you jump on the Blues maybe game one, game two. But I think as the series goes on, Abs are going to, you know, just pick it up. Like, I guess you guys like McCarr and McKinnon just kind of go flip the switch and just say, you know what? You yeah. know, we're top talents in the world for a reason. They're going to go beast mode. And I think Abs get it done in seven. Yeah, there's no holes in that I, team. Uh, I want to like uh, Blues in six. All right. I think that I think it's going to be a lot. Whoever stays the healthiest, like, it's out of this series the healthiest wins this is going to be a very evenly matched series i think a lot of people are underestimating the blues the blues going to put up one hell of a fight yeah i agree and i'm one of the people that underestimate him i got abs in five (laughs) oh man in five wow in five five. so you don't think it's gonna be a series i don't think so at all i think the avalanche are one like one of the best teams i've ever seen so you think it's gonna be like three nothing and then they're gonna take a night off three one and then win four to one yes hundred percent gentleman sweep yeah I'd be surprised. All right, moving on. We got the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. These teams did meet in the regular season. The Canes won three out of four of those games against the Rags. Boys, I'll let you guys um, give your breakdown first. What do you think? Canes, Rags? Who you got? I'm a Caniac. Uh, I am a Caniac right now. I picked the Carolina Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup, and that's my pick. And the reason why... Again, I just think they're a deep team. Rob the ball is going to skin an elk. He's going to get the boys absolutely buzzing. They're going to go out there and just shove the puck right down their throats. And and Chesterkin, yeah, he's a great goaltender and all, but the way the Canes play, man, like they just keep coming at you, coming at you. They're tough. They put pucks on net. And especially you got to stay out of the box on the, uh, against the um, Carolina Hurricanes. Their special teams is phenomenal. So I think that's going to happen. The Rangers really didn't stay out of the box against the Pens, and that's going to be the difference. I think it's going to come down to the special teams. Snipsky, who you got? Rags, Canes? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the better team. Even though they don't have the goalies, going to be the Canes. Uh, I I am kind of torn on this a little bit because Shasky, he played so well in that game seven. Like It might just carry over. And if he can be locked down, it could be so, – like that's the difference maker, I think, for that series. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Canes. I'm going to go in six. Personally, I don't think this is going to be much of a series, being honest. I think this is going to be one of the quickest series uh, in this round. The Rags snuck by a banged-up Pens team in the first round, and the Canes had a very tough test with the Boston Bruins. So I think the Canes are ready for this series. They're ready to go. I don't think the Rags know quite what they're in for in this series. Um, unless Shesty can go back to that godlike form that he was playing in um, in the regular season, I think Canes take care of it in five. Well, I, I, th- I think it's light work for I them. I think Shesty could uh, steal like two, maybe. I mean, he against the Pens, Rags played minimal defense, and he got shelled a couple of those games. Yeah. If they do the same thing against the Canes, it, this isn't going to be a series. It's going to yeah, be light work. Check's gonna be nuts. Yeah, I'll go Canes six. 
Yeah, I'll go Kansas. I think the big storyline, though, for this series is the Tony D'Angelo return to New York. That's going to be interesting. Tony D back to New York. You thought that the boos were bad in Boston? Wait until this guy steps on the ice at Madison Square Garden. That's going to be something else. Oh, yeah. The boo birds are going to be pouring down every time he touches the puck. And, and he shows that he elevates his game off hatred. This guy's a sick prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, yeah, like, call me a racist. Yeah, like, I try to fight 16-year-olds. What about it? I was buried one in the back of your net. What's good, buddy? You know what I mean? Like, that guy feeds, fuels off haters. So that, I think he's going to elevate his play. And I, I think the Tony D'Angelo, Jacob Slave, and D pairing is going to be the difference maker in this series like it was in Boston. In the last series, Tony D and Slavin were on the ice for 88 minutes of five-on-five hockey, eight goals were scored when they were out there, only two goals allowed. And they were up against, like, the the Hall, um, Taylor Hall line. They, then they shut them down. And none of those guys did a thing all yeah. series long. So put them up either against the Panarin or Zabanjad line. That's one of your lines shut down when Tony D and Slavin are out there. Dude, the Carolina decor is so underrated. Big time, dude. That they got Brady Shea. He's a he's a great he's a great two. They got a lot of two way guys. Like the two way guys on their decor is unbelievable. Brady Shea, Slavin's kind of underrated. Kind like I wouldn't say he's underrated, but like he's definitely unappreciated. And obviously Tony D'Angelo's the most hated defenseman in the league. And then um, Brendan Smith, that guy is a moose. He's a yeah, he's a sicko. Yeah, he's like a sick bastard. Rob the Bod engineered this team to be such a just hard team to play against. You get no space. They throw their body around and, and everything. It's it's incredible. Jacob Slavin low-key might be one of the best defensive defensemen in the league, if not yeah, the best. Exactly. He's, he's that kinda, guy's shut down. He's kind of underrated. Like I, people, Obviously, people know about him. He doesn't get talked about enough. No, not nearly enough. I think Kane's in five. Maybe I could see six. But I, I think Kane's easy. Consensus. Bots going with the Canes? Yeah, yeah. we're all Kane access round. All right, why don't we hop into our last second-round matchup, and it's probably the best matchup that we're going to get. The hockey world got their wish, and we're going to have a battle of Alberta in the second round of the playoffs. Let's go, baby. This is this is going to be the best series by far, personally. I don't think. let the boys get horned up. Battle of Alberta. It's going to be a, it's going to be a bloodbath. In the regular season, the series was split two games to two, and none of those games disappointed. They were all, you know. Full of action, full of fights. We're, we're going to see it all. There's going to be blood everywhere. This is going to be a dog fight. Um, what do you guys think? Flames, Oilers? I think this is going to be unreal, and I'm just jitty fucking wait, waiting for the series to start. Yeah, it's, it's going to come down to just if the Oilers can match the Flames' physicality. Because that game seven last night that the Flames played, holy hell, those hits. They they were absolutely bullying the stars, bullying them, and Markstrom Vesna candidate, but Mike Smith, I don't know if he's gonna be able to handle handle the Elias Lindholms, the Johnny Gaudreaux, like the Kachucks. I know Kachuk was a little like quiet against the stars, but it's gonna be a completely different monster. That the Oilers don't play that great of, de- of defense, so they will up a good amount of goals. So I think I think the Flames are just gonna take advantage of their, of their lackluster defense and and their goaltender. Yeah, I mean, if the Oilers thought the Kings were tough, wait until they, you know, match yeah. up against Calgary. Oh my God, dude, Calgary is like Kings on steroids. I, I don't, I, I think that's gonna go five. Wow, Flames in five. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same. Uh, the Flames are just so much deeper than the Oilers. I think all around uh, the the Oilers are uh, like we were talking about. Uh, McDusty was just carrying them, dry sidle and. 
You just got too much on it. You got like the third line, uh, Calgary's third line. I got like Blake Coleman on it. And Stanley then, Cup champ. Yeah, he, and he knows how to get there to the cup. Uh, Maji Apani. Uh, uh, who I'm, I'm missing a bunch of, but like, Dubé. I don't know. Dubé, yeah, yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to match up Low all three lines. Like the fourth yeah. Line. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to match up. Like, and the flames have a good solid decor too. And are you going to contain Johnny ham and cheese skating through your legs? Like when they got, when he's got all these trees protecting them, you know, another, like, another, um, underrated guy, Rasmus Anderson. Yeah. That guy yeah, yeah. is a stud. Yeah, demon. He yeah, he yeah. moved. He's a moose, and Sidorov as well. Tanev, dude, Tan. He's a, he's hurt though. I don't know if he's gonna be. He ah. should be back, but he got hurt. He's Game a he's six. a he's a tough bastard. Yeah, he's a tough yeah. bastard. Dude, that whole like Daryl Sutter, man. That that team. He's a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a coach, and dude, that dude's a Sidorov is a legit moose. He's six five, two hundred and thirty five pounds. I didn't even think Russian. Of the, I didn't even think of the coaching matchup. You got Jay Woodcroft, interim head coach, going against a vet coach like a two time Stanley Cup champion, Daryl Sutter. I think the Flames are going to be ready to go. They got tested in the first round by Ottinger. He was a brick wall. But I think the Flames' offense is going to be, you know, just fine this series because they found a way to get it done against, you know, arguably the hottest goaltender in the playoffs. So now facing a fossil like Mike Smith in the second round, I think they're going to have a lot more success. Goaltending advantage, got to go to Calgary. Marks from Vesna finalist playing against Mike Smith. Defensive advantage goes to Calgary. They got better defensemen than... um. Edmonton offensive advantage could go either way if McDavid is going to go bananas again. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like it's literally going to be like if McDavid, like you said, if McDavid can go God mode again. But I don't think you you can't just like rely on one superstar to beat like a a powerhouse like the Flames. You can get away with the Kings because the Kings are not as right. Yeah, they're not yeah. as built. They're not no, as dangerous. Not clearly as built as oh my as God. the Flames like, are. And especially playing in Calgary, dude. You know how loud that's going to be. Crazy. I, I like I think Saddle Dome. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's rocking. That's an unbelievable name for <laughs> unbelievable. Arena, the Saddle Dome. The Saddle Dome's gonna be rocking. I think it's gonna be harder to play in Calgary than it is gonna be playing in Edmonton. Because I I cause because I think, dude, that the Sea of Red Man, they they're rocking. Yeah, dude, everyone rocking. in the whole arena is wearing jerseys. Dude, that I've game never seen that many people wearing jerseys. Dude, that game seven last night, Insane. it was I felt I was at the game. I mean, I might have had a couple edibles. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I thought I was in the game, but dude, it's it's loud there, man. I wouldn't even want to play there if I was if I was an opposing team. My, Mike Smith's a legit fossil. <laughs> like I don't. That's that's all. He done. played well in the first round, but yeah, Calgary's a different beast. Here's the kicker. Here's like what definitely sways me in this series. It's the health status of Leon Drysidle. He played in Game Seven against LA. But he definitely looked banged up. He was hobbled. He has a bum ankle right now. So if he's not 100%, McJeeves can't do it all himself. Absolutely not. I think Flames, I'm going to respect Edmonton here because they've been playing well. And you, you can't doubt McJeeves. I doubt him in the first round. I, I don't want to do it again. But Flames might pick picked him in the cup earlier this year. Sticking with it. Flames in six. Okay. Oh, yeah. We got another consensus, boy. I'm not going, I'm not going against those uh, Flames. Can't, yes, absolutely can't. not. You don't mess around in the second round. You can mess. You can fuck around in the first round, yeah. pick some upsets. But second round, you just got to go with the better teams. They're, they're um, also like they need Evander Kane to step up like he did in this first round. If he's ghost, right. they're fucked. Yeah, right. If he's yeah, and he scored seven in the first round, and they yeah. they they barely got by LA. He might he might have blew his load though. You never know. Yeah. Blew his load like Toronto fans. <laughs> <laughs> they do it every year, dude. They blow their load. I don't know how they're not learning a lesson. A little, little come. Yeah, yeah, a little post-nut clarity. They're like, ah, oh, Jesus, never went out that good. 
All right, so those are the boys' predictions for the second round. As you can see, the boys weren't too shabby in the round one. So you want to go with us? Go for it. You want to fade us? Do what you want. But those are the boys' picks. We'll see how they turn out. We'll keep you up to date on the second round matchups as the weeks go on. Before we sign off today, Bob, you want to educate us all with your fun fact of the day? Absolutely. I've been preaching this for years. If you drive in Massachusetts or just drive anywhere, you're, you definitely have this thought in your head at one point. You can request a DMV examination for senior citizens. Dude. In some states, you can request <laughs> that the DMV re-examines re a senior citizen. So if Grandpa Joe isn't taking that hint that he's not safe behind the wheel, you can put the responsibility for nagging him about it solely on the shoulders of the DMV. So if you see your grandparents, even your parents, sometimes we're like, we're, we're older. Our parents are getting a little older. If, if you see them out there going on the curb when they have so much <laughs> fucking room, or whatever. Uh, go to the DMV. <laughs> Just dinging up mirrors in yeah, the parking lot. Yeah, dude. You know how many times I've, I've driven around and, like, I just, like, I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, I have to, like, swerve out of the way. And it's, like, an old person can barely see over the steering wheel. Has, like, the, you know, those glasses that look like, like, that, like, look like their eyes are huge. Like, just looking around, like, trying to, like, make a, a signal, a turn signal. Like, it's bad. Dude, I was driving home one day. A few years ago when I was still in college, I was driving home from Fitchburg to Quincy in a legit snowstorm. Like, it, I started driving, all of a sudden it starts friggin' blizzard. I'm like, dude, this is fucked. Driving home all the way from Fitchburg to Quincy in a snowstorm. I finally get to Quincy. I'm like, oh, thank God. I, like, I was shitting my pants that whole drive. Like, I was going to crash or something. I get to Quincy. I'm at a red light, literally right down the street from my house, right across from Star Market, sitting oh, at that red light, going, to, like, taking a right towards like BK, going up towards Hospital Hill, sitting at that light. All of a sudden, a car comes around the corner on my side of the road and is coming head on to me. I was laying the horn. I'm like, what the? And it's just some old lady. And she's like looking at me. She's like, what? What are you doing? And I'm like, lady, you're on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> And she's like, some little old lady. I'm like, first of all, why are you out driving in a snowstorm, lady? Like, stay inside. And then, like, clearly you shouldn't be driving if you're driving on the wrong side of the road. And she's all pissed off at me. I'm just like, I just drove, like, an hour and a half from Fitchburg in a snowstorm and then almost got T-boned by a freaking old lady. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that part of Quincy is a nightmare, though. Nightmare. Oh, my God. It's not even the old people there. It's just regular. It's just people our age just don't know how to drive, dude. Like, I don't know what it is. It's something in the air, man. Like, people just don't know how to drive. People just don't think. Yeah, <laughs> that that whole like and it's like that whole like West Quincy part like near Star Market and shit. It's just a nightmare to drive through. It's fucked. But yeah, that's my that's my uh my little fun fact there. So again, if you see um anyone senior citizens out there that are uh, that are about to cause some problems on the road, you can request them to get a DMV examination. So. Make make sure you videotape the license plate number. I'm about to start reporting so many. That's what now. I'm saying. Yeah, just <laughs> like calling them in. <laughs> so yeah, I'm here driving in the left lane. I see this license plate number V after <laughs> a bunch of like 75, 80 year old people just taking driver's tests. <laughs> oh she how old is she look? Oh, she looks fucking old, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Betty White behind the wheel. Jesus. Yeah, she's probably like 90. <laughs> All right. Before we officially sign off today, we have a quick ad from our boys over at the UDL. So don't forget to turn, tune in to the UDL podcast where the boys at the high slot will be covering a couple of you lucky winners' entry fees for their upcoming tournaments. All you have to do to be eligible is subscribe to the Hedgebetter YouTube page and then go over to Instagram and swing a follow to Hedgebetter, the high slot, and the other podcasts in the Hedgebetter family. 
That's including Stealing Naz, The Scramble Pod, and The Mass Appeal Podcast. Four new winners will be announced live each week on the Ultimate Die League podcast every Tuesday at 8 p.m. So if you think you got game at Beer Die and want to play in their upcoming tournaments for free, then you got to go subscribe to the Hedge Better YouTube page and follow Hedge Better, High Slot, Stealing Naz, The Scramble Pod, and The Mass Appeal Pod all on Instagram. All right, I think that just about wraps it up wraps it up for us today we hope you enjoyed today's episode thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the high slot podcast be sure to go check us out over on twitter instagram and tiktok at high slot podcast for more daily hockey content thanks guys and we'll see you next time thanks everybody thanks thank you peace